0: In music like in life you can't always come out on top and this is a podcast that celebrates that very fact welcome to flop stars I'm your host, Billy Nellis, and joining me, as always, is my dearest Greg Willis. We're back. We are back. Again. (laughs) Yes, again. Each week, we take an in-depth look at the world of pop music as only we can, and we do it all for you. Um, And yes, we are. We had to take another week off. Things happen. Life is rough. It's been a busy month.
1: <laughs> really? It's Halloween.
0: This month has been very insane. That's I feel like excuse. Los Angeles is on fire. Well, the whole uh, state of California is, to be quite honest. Yeah, but, it's it's just it's a um, uh, it's a wild time right now. So bear with us. We apologize, but hopefully we won't have to take any more breaks for the rest of the year. But well, you know what happens with the best laid of plans. And
1: and I think that maybe that's part of the reason why we're uh, the times we're in. We're we're nostalgic for a time in the past. Yes.
0: Yes. <laughs> Before we get to this epicenter of nostalgia, you know that we don't like to limit ourselves to just one topic here at Flop Stars. So each week or a couple of weeks, as it were, Greg and I like to canvas pop music's landscape for all of its new releases and return Mm -hmm. in hand with our choices for the pop and the flop of the week. And we like to dispense with the bad news first.
1: (laughs) Um, So hit me with your flop. Hit me with your best flop. (laughs) <laughs> Do you like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it'll come as no surprise to anybody, but um, Kanye West new Okay, Alba. girl, we have the same flop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting. I mean, trash. Just, I, so I like did my due diligence last week at work to, you know, put it on and, and, and try and give
1: it a shot. No, I couldn't were, even. Were, were you converted? <laughs> Is Jesus your king?
0: No, he yeah. ain't. <laughs> He's never been and he won't be. Yeah. I I'm fully with you.
1: The one that really got me was um when he started singing about Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I was like, girl. Yeah. Well and and
0: there was a he's just he's just a nightmare. Beyond the music, he's a nightmare. Like and, and it's I don't even think I would like the music, even if he wasn't a nightmare. Like, I just think he does very interesting production. I think he's still a great producer. I think he can still like work wonders with production. But I find him his lyrics are, are terrible. That and is it's so bad.
1: There's it's on one hand it's like okay, like we know you're like a little out there, and you've produced some really good music in the past that we all in- admire. But the fact that he continues to call himself like the greatest gift to music and the yeah. best artist ever and the great, it's just like, dude. And like dial it down like because because when you say that and you hype it up like and it's not that yeah <laughs> it's, it's really embarrassing it's hard
0: I it, there's like so much at play because there's clear there's the clear mental illness factor right and there's also I think that he has been for a great majority of his career like one of music's ep- most epic trolls and so I don't know how much of it is sincere how you much take it of with it a is grain mental salt. illness yeah how much of it he like I it's and I, I'm exhausted of it all. Like, I'm just, I think everybody is. No, (laughs) I mean,
1: and, and it's just like, now it's just But everybody's not
0: though. Like when he did that thing at the forum, like it was like a packed house. Like people are not, there are still these like devout fans. I mean,
1: it's not, it's never going to be for us, Billy, but it's like, there's. It's
0: It's a shame because it used to be, I really did used to love him. Like yeah, I really did. I mean,
1: well, I actually went to his. I went to his 808s uh, show at the Hollywood Bowl when he just played that album in full. It's mm-hmm. a great album. That's a great album. But yeah, I. Uh, it's like, dude. But you know what? It's it's not for us. Like I said, and. Uh, no. <laughs> that's all it, we have to say about yeah. it. <laughs> it's just it's it is it's it's painful. But yes, Kanye has done some really good. I mean, pop songs too. Yeah. Like, Really, like you know, in his and his, his career. influence
0: over just like music in general. Totally. Like, he. he changed the sound of
1: hip hop when he started producing. Oh, totally. And everybody started emulating his style yeah. and then the, his production value, you know, with working with a lot of pop stars, you know, Madonna, Katy Perry, Nicki Minaj. I mean, there's been so much influence. Yeah. Um, it's it's just, it's a, it's such a strange,
0: just a strange thing to watch unfold these last However many years. Um, but anyway, enough about him. I'm stuck, so I need to hear your your pop first. Well, it's been a
1: minute, so enough. we've had some time to like listen. To, there's been a lot of good music, as always, yeah. coming out. Oh my god, last week alone. Uh, I know. Well, okay, so I feel like there's things that we have to acknowledge, but for me, I'm really digging the new Tanashi song with that yes. rapper Banks. Yes, uh, Miss d- Banks. Die a little bit. Yes. Banks, not Banks. Could you imagine a Tanashi song with Banks? I mean, that would be great. I too. mean, I'd kind of be all about it. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of Banks. There's like Banks, there's Miss Banks, there's Azalea Banks, yeah. who we... Well, try to you know not talk about, but um, <laughs> it's such a good song. I'm, I'm so happy Tanashi finally has like a. It's like it's like gritty, and yeah. it's like it's like a sound that she always needed. I feel like. And well, I'm it's great the video. because
0: it's it's her first release as an independent artist. She's left. That's RCA. what it is. That's the sound. Um, difference. so she's like fully unfettered by label interference, and that's if, what she needs. If there's anyone who's been like hampered and hindered by label interference these last couple of years, it's been Tinashe with like the. The delays
1: to her her albums, and it's always yeah, I agree, and it's always been one of those kinds of things. Yeah, I don't even know where I'm going with this, but I I, you can tell you like there's it there's that's there that she's like she's yeah liberated. Obviously, this was one of my on my list of pops too. (laughs) I
0: I figured, But, but it the song is is kind of unlike anything that's out right now. Yeah, um, you know, we're just talking about the influence that Kanye West production has had. There is a real like the use of those like the spoken parts yes. in the song is a very Kanye-like yes. influence production effect that I think works so great in that song. I love those. Like, it's just it's just such a fascinating, really cool song that's cool and, like, fun and just... Oof, so it red. also
1: gives me kind of, like, a Tiana Taylor vibe. Yeah.
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes, well, and especially, like, the, Tiana's last album, Kanye produced. Yep. So it's all wow, coming together. Go. <laughs> sure,
1: is that yours or what were the other... So that was one of mine. Okay. The
0: other... <laughs> Big one was the return of Kesha.
1: Yeah, that's it's exactly the other one I was going to talk about. <laughs> the return of Kesha with yes. Big
0: Frida raising hell. Yeah. Um. Oh, it's just Kesha having fun again. Um. Yeah. It's the lyrics are so good. The everything about it. It's just it is such a like a rousing party song. Like you. you it sounds just, like
1: a major laser song, doesn't
0: it? Like yes, featuring it's, Kesha. It's yeah. It's just it's really cool production. Um my only complaint is that I wish Big Frida was in it more. Like, I wish, like, Big Frida kind of had, like, a verse maybe. It just feels like the song – I wish it was longer. I think that's my thing is I'm, like, I.
1: it's so good that I want it to be longer. Uh, I'm curious to see where – because, you know, her last album was a lot more – well, the initial single, Praying, was a lot more obviously somber and serious yeah. to address kind of her, you know, her hiatus from everything that she's been dealing with because she's been through some shit.
0: Well, she's spoken about the album High Road. It's coming out in January. Um, and she said that really this is like her, it the entire thing was like to be a party album, that she got out of her system what she needed to on Rainbow and this was really wanting her to like sort of reclaim the joy that she had lost. That's great. I mean, she, Kesha
1: is like a party s- yeah. singer. Yeah. And she
0: released like a before Raising Hell came out, she released a trailer for the album that had some other songs like sampled in it a little bit mm-hmm. and the sound, like based off of these like very very m- minor snippets. Um I think there's a, a big a big album in store. I think it's, Uh, it's cause to be excited.
1: Did you try calling that phone number, that Kesha saves number? I did not. Did you? No, I I want, should we do it? I want (laughs) to know what, what like what happens or what, what it is. I'm really curious. I love, I love, I love anytime, like any kind of promotion for anything these days, like utilizes like analog technology as part of the promotion. Like I I love, there was a band called yacht that like was like, Oh, you have to like fax this, like send this, fax? send something to this number and you'll get like a, you can like get a fax printout of like, it the al- like the album cover. And I was like, I love that. <laughs> it's cause I love, I love how it's like forcing fans to like do something, like really actually do something yeah. if they want access to something. Yeah. Um, something, that Um I love it. Well, I love that we're talking about it. But yeah, I'm excited about Kesha as well. And she's, you know, been through it and we all support her and we're excited. to see Yes. Very excited.
0: Um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have so much to
1: talk about. Oh my God, I'm already tired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we're back. In the wise words of a one Charlie XCX, I just want to go back to 1999. So we're going to do that today, right yes. now. Yes. Yes, please. Never has a year been more ripe for discussion than 1999. Seriously, though. It is bonkers what was happening in music 20 years ago.
1: Dude, looking through, like, doing the research for this episode, I mean, I think you and I already have an obvious affinity to this year. Because it was a formative year of our youth, you know, teenagers and... Everything, but just specifically that time and all the music that came out that we're about to uncover and unpack is a fucking shitload. And then just, I can't believe that was twenty years ago. It's wild that it's twenty years ago. That's, That's that insane. like my hip
0: cracks when I think about it. <laughs> there are years that you can look at, and there's like one or two major moments that happen in them. Yeah, one or two major albums. You know, there's, there's that, a you like remember. of songs that you latch onto and remember. Yeah, but going through. The list, just the the list of albums released <sighs> in 1999 alone, is enough to flip your lid. Like it's so crazy.
1: It, I mean, I almost just want to run, a, a really, f- like talk really fast and run through all of them. But it's it's so much. Um, we're gonna unpack this year. We're gonna talk about like what was the state of like, what was music at this year? And then really like, just, I think you guys are going to be blown away by how much happened. Yes. And I think, so much was happening in culture and this yes. in the world and then the music. And it was such, it was such a different time. So different. And it's, it's like,
0: it's that thing where, where I don't know if it's because we're at a point in our lives where like time is sort of flattening out, but it, yes. I, I, it does sort of, it really freaks me out that it was two decades ago. Because yeah. it feels like it, it feels like I, I blinked, but anyway, the biggest story I think to come out of 1999, one that especially for uh, I would say the LGBTQ community that still has such like the biggest impact oh, and has, yeah. has held the biggest place in our hearts is the the absolute explosion of and the resurgence of bubblegum pop in 1999. Completely. Um, when you look alone at the artists, the icons, the divas who made their debuts this year alone, it's It's crazy. It's crazy. Just, okay. These are just the women who made their debuts in the same calendar year. Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Jennifer Lopez, Mandy Moore, Jessica
1: Simpson. I mean, that alone is like, okay. (laughs) Huge. Like, and, 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 it was a time when like Britney technically baby one more time came out at the end of 98. The album was released in January of 99. Yeah, It was a time when Britney and Christina became these like instant superstars and were immediately pitted against each other for like rivalry for the crown and then all these other pop stars were coming you know jennifer lopez started her solo career even some of the spice girls we talked about on another recent episode started their solo careers Um, mel and jerry it was just a crazy time for pop music trl was like exploding in popularity and it was a real funnel for a lot of these pop this pop music but at the same time, in in that same bubble gum pop vein, you had these boy bands that were like at the top of their game. It was the it was the other rivalry rivalry. Uh, it was the NSYNC versus Backstreet Boys with like their biggest album ever. Yeah. Um and, and then, you know, you'd have all these other so it's kind of like you had the Britney Christina and then you had the Jessica Simpsons, the Mandy Moores, the Vitamin C's. And then right. you had the NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, but then you also had the Ninety Eight Degrees, the what was the other one LFO yes <laughs> at summer girls um, forget? you had it was just like pop music was just starting to dominate at an era in a decade when really um it was rock music it was hip-hop but it was a kind of a year when all of that yeah was huge it
0: really and it it, it is just so crazy I mean when you think about those two rivalries yeah. that that sort of erupted in 1999 and How I just remember being, so in 1999, I was in seventh and eighth grade. I was still in junior high school. And I just think about how important those rivalries were (laughs) to people, like how you talked about them with such, it's, you know, you you look at like Stan culture on the internet today and the way that people like pit their faves against each other. And it's like, we've been
1: doing that forever. Oh yeah, well it's it's like I mean I'm think, I'm assuming you're talking about like all your girlfriends or girls you knew like that you went to school yeah. with you know like would be like obsessing. It was always like the girls that were like you had your team backstreet, Boy girls backstreet and you had boys your and your NSYNC. instant girls totally. <laughs> and it's funny like I remember when Run Direction became a big thing like in the last ten years and, and I was like oh those are like the same girls who would have been like that back then, but it was a different kind of thing yeah. right because it was like you got to rush home and watch like who's gonna get number one at tier right right um, and 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 it was I just
0: remember like. Yes, I remember that you had friends who were very clearly Backstreet Boy girls. You had friends who were very clearly NSYNC girls. And then you had, like, the infighting with, like, who was the best of the five of members of, oh of each of those things.
1: Yeah. And it, it was just... Or it was, who was the cuter. But then, you, but then you had, like, the... Are you a Britney or Christina? Yes. And it Before was like, you couldn't be both. But you could yeah. not. Yeah.
0: Before we get to that one, I want to ask you. Okay. With Backstreet and NSYNC, yes.
1: which, where did you fall? Neither. I was totally not into boy bands whatsoever at this time. Wow. I, and I say that because I obviously watched all the music videos and knew all the songs, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Um, but I was not, I didn't have their CDs. I wasn't listening to them. I, you know, I kind of was like, I'm not into that. I'm not into that. Okay. Um, but I was very aware of it. So in hindsight, I actually think NSYNC sometimes had like better, they were like the cuter, twinkier ones. They were like the young <laughs> twinks and the Backstreet Boys were like, like the men and yeah. I feel like backstreet, I, I remember like everybody and like larger than life and those songs, just like the bass was like, so good. They were more, they were more of like a band to me, whereas NSYNC was more like a poppier. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. What about you? I was,
0: I um definitely liked NSYNC more. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they were cuter. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I just, I liked their music more like their yeah. albums. I, I much preferred like, Even moving past like this year, like into the two thousands, like when the pop album came out, like I just I liked I always. Oh, that was
1: I love pop pop album because BT produced it. Anyway, it's yeah. I mean, this is a time when, and maybe we'll get to this too. But like the the music that I was personally listening to, and I was let's see, I was uh, I had started high school in nineteen ninety nine, so I was yeah eighth eighth grade, and then freshman high school. Um, I was really into alternative rock. I was really into like electronic music, but. But I was also, like, you know, I would say, like, guilty pleasure secretly, like, very aware of everything in pop. And oh, it wait. wasn't It wasn't until really later in life after I really came out that I, like, embraced that. And I still acknowledge, like, oh, I loved all that shit. Hmm. That said, I did go out and buy the Jerry Hallowell Schizophrenic CD <laughs> the day it came out. You better right. believe it. <laughs> I'm wondering, I don't know if, like, we had all that music. I don't know if it
0: was easier for me because I had a sister if like maybe if we like because we had every Backstreet Boys album we had every NSYNC album we had like every Britney there you go like we we had all that stuff but I don't know I was very into music like from the beginning like yeah when I was like really young I had like I had my collection of cassette tapes that I walked around that I had like Paul Abdul (laughs) and and Janet and Pebbles and like Taylor (laughs) Dane like I had all of those yes Taylor Dane So, so I don't know if it was partly, if it was just okay in my parents' eyes because my sister was there too. So it was like, they, I don't know. I don't know that if they had any hangups about it. But if they did, they never like expressed them and I clearly never had any hangups about asking for it. You're I,
1: like, oh my God, I love this. I
0: asked for it all the time. But I, but I mean, I also like, I had Garbage albums at the same time. like we uh, all we were do- oh. I was doing everything I was like literally like the band, not like trash no, albums No I mean you, you know you know what I was about to say I mean
1: you know my favorite band of all time is Garbage and Yes. this is a time when obviously they were at their height version 2.0 came out in 98 99 they were still riding their high they were huge on MTV they went to the they were nominated for Grammys and VMAs and you know, uh, When I Grow Up was in the Big Daddy movie. They released The World Is Not Enough. Yeah. The Bond soundtrack. I mean, I was like, I saw them on tour that year with Alanis Morissette, which is so 1999. Oh, um, wow. What uh, was that? Tell me about that uh, show. They opened for, and it's actually funny because Shirley and Billy Corgan, um, they presented an award at the 99 Grammys that, uh, when Shirley wore like the version 2.0 dress, uh-huh. uh, that Alanis won. And then cut to like a couple months later, they they toured together. Um, I went to see Garbage, obviously, but then they opened, uh, which was great. Uh, And then it was Atlantis, uh, which, which is, the one and only time I saw Lance Moore set live, um, yeah, she really like it was. She was like a '90s artist, like she kind of like oh, completely. Like, I mean, after that away. first album, like no one cared anymore, right? Like, well, the... it was like the second one. It was the one with like the thank, thank you and yeah. uninvited. But yeah, it was all about garbage. So, so at this time, you know, while I was aware of the pop music, I my favorite bands were Garbage, no doubt. You know, I was all before Gwen was solo. It was like I was all about No Doubt and Garbage, and I was listening to like Fiona and the Chili Peppers and like. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I was also like really into like, you know, like the Chemical Brothers and like basement jack. So we'll get into this. But um Well let's get it we can we can get into that now because I think it's a perfect like segue let's to get do into it. it. Well we I was saying earlier, like pop like nineteen ninety nine was this time when all these alternative bands and rock bands yeah. were still like really popular and like even on TRL and like it's not 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 you don't have that anymore. You right. Know? No, it was definitely like a it
0: it was sort of the beginning of the end of where there was room for everybody yeah i agree um i think and sort of like the beginning of the end of where music had to start flattening out because yeah. it wasn't selling anymore and so it had to become more broad and and appeal to like as many people as possible which meant there wasn't as room for like as much i think this was sort of like the last days of when when all of this could stand side by side on the charts because the charts still mattered and music Well, still sales, sold. like people, CDs, like we're, I mean, yeah.
1: we're selling cra- crazy.
0: Yeah. You had to buy, remember, you had to like buy CDs to hear music. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember. I mean, even buying, I just remember like buying like the
1: fact that we would go and buy single CDs, like with oh. one song on. There <laughs> was such a thrill text. about that though. We've talked about a little bit on the show. Like there, I don't know. It was just like, ooh, which single do I want to get? Yeah.
0: <laughs> but there was like, Talking about alternative, talking about the sort of electronic, there were so many. You had garbage. You had like Sugar Ray was huge. At Sugar the time. Ray
1: came out, yeah, and then like Blink, the explosion of like Blink One Eighty Two. Mm-hmm. The Chili Peppers were at the top of their game, and then you had shit like you know fucking Limp Bizkit and like you know you, and you Smash, had, Mouth God, Smash Mouth was huge. You had like Rage Against the Machine. You had this like it, was, and it was all like just as popular as the as the pop stuff. I feel like yeah, it was, and I
0: think like. Electronic was getting to a really interesting point then too.
1: Yeah. You had the the debut of Basement Jacks, you know, that song Red Alert that I never get tired of. Yeah. Um, uh, you had a, a huge album from the Chemical Brothers. You had um, Moby was, had, had a huge year 99, you know, that album play became mm-hmm. like this, like it was like popular with like, All the soccer moms and everybody in between. It
0: it was like that. The the music off a play was getting radio play on like top forty everywhere. It was in like adult contemporary. Like it was like I remember like yes that that was sort of like a breakthrough moment I think for like the underground electronic scene. Like I think that really was the moment that it brought it to the forefront and it brought recognition to it from people who had never considered it before. Which is. What's crazy about this this year is that that was happening like across the board. Yeah, this sort of like
1: people, oh, everyone was like discovering something. I feel yeah, like. there was all these like debuts, and then there was just all this like new music, and there was also just like it was another thing that you and I were talking about of how um, all the like legends, icons, like musical gods like that we would you know, or and divas that we that we you know, they were all at the top of their game still. So you had like Mariah, Whitney, Madonna, Cher, you know, and then you also had like other other artists like Aerosmith and Santana and Sting all had huge years in ninety nine.
0: Yeah. Well I mean let's talk about I think one of those is is such a fascinating thing. The Santana like resurgence and explosion in 1999 Supernatural, because it smooth. smooth and it it that album
1: was so unavoidable oh my god my parents might played it like, <laughs> like non-stop
0: maria maria uh maria maria is i think is still a, a jam
1: maria maria is actually a restaurant santana owns uh where i grew up <laughs> oh the more you know <laughs> it's okay. um it's okay. But uh, <laughs> much like his music,
0: yeah, exactly. But, but also, <laughs> not um, for us, <laughs> uh. that album is so it's, I, I think, is it's so funny to me.
1: The like, kind of cross appeal that, yeah, it had. It, yeah. It, well, the cross appeal. I mean, Rob Thomas on Smooth from Mashbox 20, who also were huge at the time. Um, but then you know, you think about Santana, and it was also this really pivotal time in pop music where there was this Latin pop explosion, yes. right? Yeah. So, Ricky Martin and, you know, obviously Jennifer Lopez, but then, you know, had like Enrique Iglesias and, and Mark, Anthony. Mark Anthony. And
0: it was like the first time, I mean, I think we had sort of experienced a little bit in the, the few years that Selena was around before right. she was tragically killed in, in like 94, um, where there was, I think, I, I can only think of what could have happened if, if Selena had been allowed to live, like what, what Latin pops crossover would have been like how much it would have happened quicker if it would have happened five years earlier with her leading the way. Unfortunately it didn't. But in 1999, it really, you had this explosion of it. What's so interesting to me about this, this like Latin pop explosion is that they all had to sing in English, even though they were, it was like, Oh, America is embracing Latin pop. Like they all were people who had been recording in Spanish prior. Like Ricky Martin was on his like fourth album in 1999. (laughs) Right. But at the time, we were not ready to, like, listen to them sing in Spanish. Oh, no,
1: we were living La Vida Loca.
0: <laughs> right. And that was as much Spanish, Espanol and as And then we do. had, like,
1: Balamos. We were yes.
0: Like, but we were like, we'll learn one phrase. We're so cultural. From you, and that is it. But when you look at, like, what's so interesting, and we're going to talk about this, you know, more in a little bit but there is really right now 20 years later a huge resurgence in latin pop in america Mm -hmm. and you're loving it and i am yes i am truly living living levita yes but (laughs) what's so what i think is so great and like the such a i think a cool mark of progress but also i think a mark of just like what the population and demographics have changed in america is that these artists have not had to have translate their music they sing in spanish and the songs go to you know the top of the charts i just it's so but 20 years ago that w- would have never been possible but what's happening now would have never been possible without
1: 20 years ago that with that without that <laughs> like influence no it's it, that's yeah. that's right i mean the same goes really for like the way pop music is nowadays and we'll get to that too but um you know, just like the, the influence it's, it's every, everything is cyclical and, you know, we can think about, you know, where were they drawing inspiration from at this time, but in 1999 music really did feel exciting and fresh and yeah. new. And like, there was just so many new things happening. And And I think part of that may have been a testament to the fact that, you know, there was this, you know, I wouldn't say elephant in the room. There was more just like everybody knew that like, it was exciting that we were about to enter this new decade Century millennium, yeah. right? And so the year two thousand was approaching, and it felt like this like exciting new like era. Yeah. And so there was all this like like pop culture was acknowledging that a lot. Yeah. Um, I mean, from the from
0: the style of music videos, like Jennifer Lopez waiting for tonight, uh, like oh the countdown. Yes. Yes. And
1: like everything goes pitch black, and you're like, oh shit, Y2K. <laughs> right. Fuck. And then it all comes back, and everyone's like, yes. <laughs> uh, w- Will Smith is referencing it. Oh my god. Will two K. Yes. It millennium. Yeah. Do you think that there was like any uh? Discussion about the fact that Will Smith's Millennium came out the same year as Backstreet Boy's Millennium. No. No. It was just like that Who was would just have like it was I mean, I just mean like I never even realized it until like that was like a year when like, ooh, calling something millennium is cool. Yeah. You know? It <laughs>
0: the the whole I'm I'm interested you and I have never What what was your family like in regards to Y2K?
1: Oh, um, you know, that's a good question. I don't think that we really I feel like we felt like we were fine. I don't yeah, know, I yeah, I don't think it was like a huge deal. I feel like the media made it a bigger deal than people probably they they you know, they would show stories of people that were like flipping the fuck out. <laughs> right. And like it was basically those people were like what we now call like doomsday preppers. Yes. You know, you know what I mean? Yes, for sure. Yeah.
0: The same thing. We say we had like no I don't I don't I mean, unless my parents were like secretly freaking <laughs> See, out like, and not telling us, or, like, like hoarding say, water. Save bottles. all the emails. <laughs> <laughs> <or> <laughs> yeah, hoarding, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> But yeah, I, but it was such an omnipresent thing in, in all forms of media, but music really had fun with it yeah. and was sort of like approaching everything with like a, a futuristic intent. Oh, and totally. a futuristic bend to it. That, that is just, and now we're, we're referencing it in music and it's like this quaint, like we're throwing back to a futuristic t-
1: sound, which is yes. so funny to me. Like a retro future. Yeah. 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 Which is which is which I love, but it's, it's yeah, it was, it was an exciting time. Cause it was kind of like this in a way nowadays, I feel like the unknown is so scary, but at, at that time it was exciting. And you have to remember 1999, this is the Clinton era. This is yeah. the nineties. This is pre nine yeah. 11, right? This is pre really, as you were, so you and I were talking about earlier, like pre internet age. The, yeah. Like pre social media. Like it was in a way, a simpler time.
0: It was. <laughs> um, and, but you know, like we talked about, it's a fascinating dichotomy because yes. It felt so safe, but I think we say that speaking from a position of privilege.
1: Yeah, safe for people like you and myself. Yeah, yes. safe for white people who grew up in
0: middle suburbs, class right, suburbs. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I do think that the twenty, the last twenty years have seen remarkable amounts of progress across, um, the, board. across the board. I mean, like we just a small fraction of it in the fact that these Latin artists can sing in Spanish and be successful in America. But in terms of the progression of or for into the last couple of years, the progression of the expansion of human rights in well, uh, in America. Yeah.
1: I mean, I would also say at this time, think about pop music nowadays, like there was no queer expression in pop music back Mm-mm. then. Like there were all these artists that us as, you know, LGBT people, you know, we, we, iconicize is that a word we like idol uh, idolize there you go we <laughs> idolize Britney and Christina and, and Mariah and you know uh, some people probably did Shania or you know yeah it's obviously Madonna and just like but now it's like now we actually have queer artists you yeah. know and and across the board across genre across you know um the diverse kind of queer artists and and we didn't we didn't have those um it was like we were looking up to like this kind of like these people that we identified with even though they weren't like us. Does that make sense? And now like younger people have queer artists that they can look up to and identify with. Yeah. Which is very cool. Which, which it's an, it is, that's an interesting thing to think about too. And as we say, like it was a simpler time, like even for, you know, not having been out yet at the time myself, I think back to like, I really didn't have like someone to like look up to other than like these very like, you know, cookie cutter kind of images that I had.
0: Yeah. I don't, when I think back to like junior high, I didn't have like, an idol who I emulated right because there wasn't anything like that for me I mean I like, feel like
1: I wanted to be Shirley Manson but that's beside the point
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> I but yeah I there was no one to really like model ourselves after because yeah. they weren't permitted to you know Lance Bass couldn't talk about it <laughs> until now oh my
1: gosh no uh, um when doing research for this I was watching clips from the 1999 Billboard Music Awards which by the way YouTube it. You can watch the whole show. Kathy Griffin is uh, one of the hosts. And it's so funny because in the very beginning, they're like, it's the last award show of the millennium. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they're all like really excited about it. Um, but in sync presents an award for like best female, which ultimately goes to Britney. Uh-huh. Right? Uh, And they're talking about, they're like, Oh yeah, we love girls. Like we love women and blah, blah, blah. And Lance is like, yeah. And you're just like, Aww. Oh wow. And you just, it made, it made me think about like what a time, like what, what happened if he did, if he said and like, Oh yeah. And like, and they made a joke about it. Like it would have been offensive or it would have been like inappropriate, you know? Right. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. That would, I
0: don't know. It is pretty great that it has come to a point where we can have our queer idols in music.
1: No, it's true. I, it really is something that I, I think about that now more so like when people say they want, they rewatch friends like 20 years later and they're like, Ooh, a little tone deaf. Mm-hmm. But it like it also, that was a, that it's was a what, of its time. It was a product of its time. Yeah. And not everything will last. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's impossible to like look back on something and hold t- it to today's standards. Modern values. Because that's, yeah. that's impossible. Totally. And it's not fair. I mean, yes, I think that, like, across the board, people should have known it wasn't great to make fun of gay people and make jokes about it. Like, I think that's just decency, but...
1: But it is interesting to see it through that lens now and see how far we've come. Oh,
0: fascinating. You brought up the Billboard Awards. Yeah. And we wanted to talk about some of these big
1: moments that happened in 1999 so many moments um, well the billboards I mean, all award shows but like the VMAs can we talk about when we go back to the, the pop debuts I mean that was that epic like NSYNC and Britney performance mm-hmm. that was Britney's like VMA debut and then we all know she became like the queen of the VMAs for the next few years yeah uh, that was also the moment of the VMAs do you remember how could you forget when well, Lil' Kim wore that like purple outfit and she oh, just yes. had like one tit covered and Diana Ross yes I know <laughs> Ross was like, whoop. Uh huh. <laughs> I was like, and that was also like, like I said, like a time when like you had a legend like Diana Ross at the VMAs with someone like Lil Kim and Britney Spears. Like, what a moment. Yeah. Um, where
0: I remember that so year they good. were held somewhere different. There was somewhere yeah. like for the first time. Oh, really? I don't know. Yeah. I just, cool. I remember like watching it because the red carpet was in a very like weird, it was just, it was like a weird place where was they were. Was it like, LA or was it New York? I can't remember. What we'll have it? to look it up. <clears throat> they were held at the Met. Oh, okay.
1: That, that That is different.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, wow. I don't... Okay, so I'm looking on the Wikipedia page of this, and I did oh. not remember that they held a tribute to Madonna with a, <gasps> a bunch of male... Yes! Drag, oh, a bunch of that drag was queens. so...
1: We have to rewatch. That was so good. So all these drag queens basically come out and dress in like iconic Madonna um, video looks, and it was amazing and then she walks out and she's like significantly shorter than all of them <laughs> and and she and they all are like standing there and she comes in the center stage and she's like it takes a real man to step to walk in my shoes that is amazing i, I love th- I, it's going I back to the gay that. thing i love that like that was acknowledged then and yeah. it was like embraced
0: it would be interesting to go back and watch it all now and see how the crowd is reacting to it yeah, how, how the crowd to, is like, reacting. Compared to, like, when Miley brought all those drag queens out when she hosted the VMAs. Well,
1: that and how busted some of that drag was probably back.
0: Right. <laughs> like, oh, be so, I mean, can you imagine, like, I just, like, what if some of the queens were, like, people we know? Like, yeah, I mean, I could, I, I don't know who would have been working then. maybe Bianca Del Rio. I mean, <laughs> uh, uh, Charlie Hydes. Yes,
1: Charlie Hydes. <laughs> He's like, I once was on stage with Madonna. Tempest Azure. Um yeah, RuPaul was not. She she even then she was too big for that. But yeah. uh, but it was that was such a cool moment. That was the '99 ones. Okay. Yeah. Tell me, you wanted to talk about Rolling Stone covers. Oh, I... so other moments. So that was. I mean, this was the. Let's face it. '99 was like Britney became like the world's pop star. Yeah. And uh, it was that famous, iconic Rolling Stone cover with the Teletubby. Yeah. And she's like, and they go into her home in Kentwood, and it's like. Mind you, like, she had just turned, I mean, she might have just been 17 when that came out, um, which is creepy, but it was iconic, yeah. and I remember I had that issue, and there were, there, just just looking at, like, if you just look at Rolling Stone covers of the year, it kind of gives you a glimpse into, like, what what the landscape was like. I mean, you had, there was, like, Jennifer Love Hewitt, then you had Austin Powers, which is yeah. like, the second movie with that, like on, that soundtrack. That soundtrack good. Madonna, Beautiful Stranger. Yes. Um, and Lenny Kravitz's American Woman, like big songs. Yeah. And uh, I'm pretty sure that Mel
0: B had a song on that. Oh, shit. Really? Yes.
1: Um, That's amazing. It's a
0: cover, too.
1: Soundtracks were still a thing back
0: then. I, I had that soundtrack. I loved it. I remember it had, it also had a Burt Bacharach song on it that I really liked and an Elvis Costello <laughs> song on it that I really liked. And I remember. This is so, this is such a thing. But I went, like, <laughs> we were camping with, like, family friends, and I was playing the soundtrack nonstop, and this friend of mine, like, totally dragged me. We were, like, walking through this, like, campground, and these old people walked by, and she looked at the old people, and she points to me, and she's like, he likes Bert Bacharach and Elvis Costello. And these Rude. old people just, like, started cracking up. I say old. <laughs> I don't They probably were, like, 60. And that, that When I was, like, 12, that was old.
1: Right, of course. And you're, well, you're like, oh, I got style and grace, and she's probably listening to that now. <laughs> Who else? Oh, who else? Oh, um, oh, Lauren Hill. Lauren Hill became the first female artist to win five Grammys in 1999. Remember when that, when message the album Miss Education, yeah. Lauren Hill, like, dominated? Yes. Um, that was a big deal. It was just, it's so interesting, like, 1999, you had, like, from Lauren Hill to Britney to Jennifer Love Hewitt to Ricky Martin to Eminem to Rob Zombie, Sugar Ray, like, all of, the, ba- Backstreet Boys, Beastie Boys, like, all of that was popular. Yeah. All at the same time. Yeah. Um, it's crazy. It is crazy. And I mean, this is also also again going back to like the time it was. This is also a time when like people cared about Rolling Stone magazine covers, right? Right. Um, you had to like people bought buy physical <laughs> prints to like read article like juicy articles about in yeah. interviews. You couldn't just go online. Um, it really it also 1999 was the birth year of Napster, right? Which, which completely changed the game for music for really the rest of time. Yeah. That um, one. What's his name? Sean. What? Sean. Oh
0: my God. Something. It's yes. I'm I'm interested he to, to hear
1: eventually.
0: <clears throat> your take on the rise of those sort of like Napster LimeWire those sorts yeah. of things. I mean obviously I'm assuming you used them. Totally. Right? I well
1: I think I didn't start using Napster maybe until Maybe like not until like two thousand, but I remember. And then you had like the LimeWire, the Kazaa. Yeah, like I don't think I ever used
0: Napster, but I did. LimeWire and Kazaa were very big in my house. It
1: was it was hard. It would t- remember. It took forever to fucking. It took download. forever. Oh you God. were
0: never like sure if, if it was you gonna be got what it said it was going to even yes. be. Yeah,
1: it could be some. It could be some like weird fucked up file. You don't know want your computer. It could be a really bad quality recording. But um, I- there was nothing worse than waiting like thirty minutes for
0: like the thong song to download, <laughs> and then it like starts playing. And and it's just like wah, wah. oh
1: like it's, yeah or you're like oh this is gonna fuck my computer up yes because how would you know and it was all peer-to-peer and I, oh i remember with with friends you'd be like um do you share your music files on an appster? Or or <laughs> yours like are you private you know it's like how can you access your files and then you have to share all these fucking songs and all these folders and i would i was really into like playing the sims so i would like put the music i downloaded from Napster or whatever, and put him on like the Sims radio. I had some hack mm-hmm. so that when you press like the little speaker, it would play like Nine Inch Nails or Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I think the
0: best was also when you would download it and it was like something, it had been ripped from like a music where you like some sort of like serve like playing music on the TV, like on the music channels, oh, you know, yeah. and yeah. like halfway through the song, you'd be like, music on demand. Oh my like, God. There are There are certain songs that. I couldn't tell you like off the top of my head, but when I am listening to them, it's like a Pavlovian response where I sing the music on demand where it <laughs> should be based on the file that I had for so many years, like in my library.
1: I mean, that just shows you how, you know, how much you were listening to, to music. you like, <laughs> you were love, you had your songs. It's crazy. But I, but what did you think
0: like in the, when you were doing it, did you ever really consider like the legal impact the, consequences the consequences of what was
1: happening? I don't think my brain was developed enough at that age to really yeah. consider those consequences. I know that uh, Metallica fucking hated it. Yeah, um, they went on a rampage against it and kind of like lost their cool factor as a result of that a little bit. What's so funny
0: to me is that defending their product yeah. and its worth made them uncool.
1: Well. It was this weird thing where I mean, a lot of artists once they finally realized what the hell was going on, I think at the it was so new that I don't think a lot of artists or labels really understood what it, to do like with the it. Severity of what it was the, yeah, what was the regulation? There's like oh, some people are just sharing music, okay, like people burn CDs, people make mixtapes, but no, it's like no one's ever going to buy your music again. <laughs> we, we know what ended up happening. I mean, in a way, it transformed the entire industry, and if they didn't catch up, then they lost. But you know, obviously, what what we know has happened is you know, but the birth the birth of iTunes where people were still paying for music. And then eventually you pay a monthly uh, cost for streaming services, which is where we are now. Yeah. Um, But it was this kind of time, I think where consumers like us, for instance, we were kids, obviously, you know, we were like, well, why should we pay for this? Why, why we, we should just, we should just get it. It was almost like we had this entitled, like, well, we should just be able to act if we can watch it on MTV for free or then listen to radio for free. Why can't we just listen to it whenever we want? And it became this debate of like, you know, should people pay for, like, art, basically? Yeah. You know, with the rise of
0: Napster in 1999, the birth of Napster in 1999, we were speaking about earlier, it was sort of like the the early days of the internet. Mm -hmm. This sort of gave rise to a cultural phenomenon of where the internet made it seem like everything was so democratic that you didn't have to pay for it. And I think yes. we have experienced this. This is across the board. Like people are like, I don't want to pay for news. I don't want to pay for journalism. I don't want to pay for music. I barely want to pay to watch a movie. Like, yeah, no one like want th- this, there's this like generational thing. And I think it's not even a generational thing. I think there's like a schism where after our generation, people just were raised to believe the internet is free because it took so long for paywalls to rise across the board. It took so long for yep. iTunes to crop up to make you pay for it, to then turn to make you to pay for the streaming. It took so long for, you know, journalism outlets to, to rise up paywalls after giving it to you for free. So we all have been conditioned to be like, no, this is all free. Yeah. And, and it's just like we want the access it's, to and the it's, content. It's, it's, it's decimating industry in a crazy way. Like it's really decimating or has decimated a really – diminished industry in so many capacities, but especially in the music industry, like it's flattened it in such a way. I always think about these like smaller artists who seem to be making music for a living. And I wonder how, like I wonder how like today somebody is living on what their music is making them because T- it's touring
1: just like- nonstop, merch, or other endeavors, you know, it's like it's it's crazy. You're right. And it, it also makes you wonder like if if that had never happened, what would the music industry be like now? Mm-hmm. Right? Because in a way, at the same time, there's so much because of the internet, there's so much access now yes. to everything. And we we can, you know, there's not like, oh here these are the big artists. It's like we can we can it's find so, everything. Um so disin- not disenfranchise, is that the right word? No. <laughs> But it's become more
0: of like a democratic thing where there's like no gatekeepers anymore. Exactly. Which is great. Like it, it makes it, you know, so easy for people to just upload to SoundCloud and just get a following based off of that. And it's really paved the way for, you know, I would say queer artists, artists of color, people traditionally who were ignored to find paths to to share their music with the world, to share their art. But I'm just like I when I see those people, I'm like, what are you? What are you living off of, though? Like that's just where I wonder, like how it's a viable, a viable career.
1: Uh, well, until I mean, you get signed, like yeah, it's just it's yeah. crazy.
0: It, it, it's fascinating, but it's crazy.
1: Well, taken. Um, no, I agree. It's uh, it's a rough world out there. But even so, like for these big artists, it's like you had to get signed, and you, know, you had to work your ass off to, to get to that place, and yeah. then like the label kind of took care of you at the time. I don't think they do that as much nowadays. No, which is you know why when we say it was a simpler time in 1999, uh, it's that's a big reason. Yeah, um, because they were the gatekeepers. But um, I'm, kind of, you know, this being flop stars, uh, we you know we like to to tease and reminisce and have a little fun. Don't don't mind that, they were agreeing. Um, I'm Billy. I'm curious, like what uh, in 1999? Like what could you not fucking stand? Oh, okay. Um, Because we talked about so many types of music and artists that were popular at the time. Yeah,
0: I would say. So I'm looking at like the top, the list of top ten selling albums of 1999 in the USA. Okay. And um, I would say I could not stand number nine, Kid Rock. <laughs> oh, I right out of the gate knew I, I did not like him. Yeah, um, I couldn't get down with that.
1: <clears throat> with the bow, with the bow, or whatever the fuck. Yeah,
0: bow with th- yeah. I don't know. I was gonna say Smash Mouth, but I actually liked All Star <laughs> in 1999. Like I right. liked that song at the time. Sure.
1: Yeah. yeah. I don't know what else I didn't like. I can tell you, I I could not stand, yeah, I could not stand the Kid Rock or the Olympus kit. Yeah, Olympus kit, I could never, I was never on, get board on board with. That. with. Um, at the same time, I was like, I'm cool with corn, sure.
0: Um, yeah, I never got into, <laughs> I never got into anything that was like a little bit too aggressively straight.
1: Yes, I know what you mean. In the,
0: in uh, like aggressive, aggressive, like yeah. aggro male like too straightness, I no, could never do. Yeah,
1: I, that makes sense. Was there was there any pop music or like that you just could not get on board with? <sighs>
0: God, that's a hard. I don't know. Like, I mean, I a lot. Like a lot of the stuff I'm looking at, like the p- stuff that was popular. It and, was like, a good year, and it was a lot of it was just really was good. Really good, like even the weird stuff was really good. Like Macy Gray came out. Like that Macy year. Gray, I still I liked Macy Gray. I I liked. Blue but I, I still like I liked oh, Yeah, it. I, was, yeah. Remember, I liked Mambo number five. Like I
1: liked these uh, things. See, I, that's the one I couldn't get on board with. <laughs> Do you remember this group that had a one it was a one-hit wonder um throwing back to another episode? 702, Where Are My Girls At? Remember yes. that song? Yeah, like the chicken outfits in the video. And they're like, Where my girls at? From the front to back. <laughs> yes. I would like that would get in my head like constantly. It's gonna be in your head now. Um, yes. So many things came out. So the one that I really couldn't stand, and I still and I I know it's like Maybe controversial because people are like, oh, but he's such a good poet. When Eminem came out that year mm-hmm. with uh, "My Name, My Name is, is," I literally thought it was a joke. I thought it, I thought he was like a Weird Al Yankovic kind of artist. Yeah. I was like, this isn't real. This is like some like some like parody music artist. And yeah. I was like, oh no, he's fucking serious. Yeah, no, he uh... and I couldn't stand how he would. He was like the time like so like homophobic and like and and sexist and just like just a white dude rapping too at the time. I was like. I was cool with the Beastie Boys because but I was like, what the fuck is this?
0: Yeah. He um I have a I have a weird relationship with Eminem because I like listened to him at that time. My family liked him. And I think that it was sort of like it felt like I needed to like him mm-hmm. kind of a thing. I do his homophobia made me uncomfortable from the beginning. I mean, because I'm a person with sense, but and also was new myself. I do look back on those songs with a weird sense of fondness, if that makes any sense. Not totally. that I like enjoy no, no, no. them it now and sense. not even know, th- I don't even know if I actually enjoyed them then, but they're, they're just caught up in like, uh,
1: your nostalgia.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't, I, yeah, I, I my relationship with him is, is weird. And it, what's so frustrating is because I'm like, he has proven himself to kind of be, have become a better person. Right. Um, I mean, that doesn't excuse behavior. And that doesn't make it like, yeah, we should play that on the radio now, but um, I do. I'm like, okay, maybe he like has, is becoming one of the good
1: guys <laughs> too. No, yeah, I mean, and I'm I'm just thinking specifically, that yeah, in '99, like I just remember being like, I can't stand this. Yeah, no, <laughs> I feel you on that. I feel you on that.
0: No, but I, I don't know. I liked uh, so much of it. It was so good. So much of it was so good. Like TL, like. Oh, we don't even talk about
1: TLC fan mail. That album was huge. Fucking no scrub. Still like instant classic. Like unpretty. Uh, Oh, and any. Do you remember the uh, unpretty video? Yes, of course.
0: I remember watching them making the video for the unpretty unpretty video, and the whole the big deal about like watching the breast implant get cut out of the. You remember that?
1: I don't know if I remember that.
0: There was like a girl. They like they show like what the breast implant looks like. I don't know if she Ah! gets if it gets cut out or if it was put in. But I just remember that video, the making
1: the video of that was a very big deal. I love, watching making the videos was always like an event. It yeah. Was like a, it was like a thing. You get to like, oh, countdown, like the world premiere of TLC. Yeah.
0: But like I even, I mean, I, I that Shania Twain album I love.
1: Which which actually came out like in what, 97? Yeah. But she just kept releasing singles because it kept yeah. getting more and more popular. I was into that.
0: I, d- I was never really into 98 Degrees. Me I will say that like as much as I listened to Backstreet Boys and NSYNC, 98 Degrees did not do it for me.
1: That said, I was really into Nick Lachey though. So. <laughs> oh, what's going on here? I think that 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 might have like woken part of me up yeah. when I was younger. I was Stirred like, yeah, was like, hmm, what's his deal? Um, Fiona Apple, "When the Pawn," that was a big album for me in <sighs> yeah. '99. Yeah, um, still and there is. was a
0: lot of you know we talked about Mamba Number no. Five and Blue, and there a were a lot some, of those. Like, there were these like one-off songs like, um, lead. So Lent, yes, we talked about at length uh, on the One Hit Wonders, but yes, the Len Steal My Sunshine song, part of the Go soundtrack, which also came out in 1999, which you and I have such an affinity oh, for yeah. and is one of just the best soundtracks on the planet. I This one, I forgot this came out in 99. I don't know if I thought it was like older or newer, but Bloodhound Gang's The Bad Touch.
1: Oh, my God. I forgot about that song. <laughs> You and me, baby. Hey, how do I re- fucking remember that? That song is so insane. It is ridiculous. No, that was like infectious and a guilty pleasure and re- so stupid. But yeah. Like I completely it. that was 1999. Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. I um, forgot about that. Yeah. Eagle Eye Cherry, Save Tonight, finally made its way to the US in 99. And I love that song Save so tonight. much. So and many- it's so weird
1: to me that he's Swedish. It's very weird. Swedish. It, it's weird because like, again, there was just all this different kind of music, like, yeah everywhere i remember um remember amber sexually daddy daddy mm-hmm. I need to stop singing I'm sorry, <laughs> I just like get excited when I look at these songs on this list. I'm like, oh, there's so many good ones um what is impressive though
0: is if you look at the top ten selling albums of of nineteen ninety nine yeah the majority of them are good albums you have number one back to your millennium which whatever you're that's like a pinnacle of bubblegum boy band
1: music. Completely, yes. Number two... I Want It That Way. That was from the, that album. Yes, yeah. yeah. Biggest, one of the biggest songs ever.
0: So, funny story. When I went to audition, when I was going into high school in 2000, oh, I went to performing arts school. When nice. I, When I went to audition for choir, I brought... I didn't have sheet music. I had never like sung in like a choir before, but I wanted to be in choir. I brought the Millennium CD and Aww. sang over. I wanted. The- oh, I love that. <laughs> oh my God. Does, did you have,
1: please tell me you have a recording of this somewhere.
0: No, it was like a private audition. Oh my gosh. But I got, I got on the, like the high level jazz choir with that. Fuck yes. So. We need,
1: we need to recreate that <laughs> moment. We need to go like karaoke and have you like do that. I don't know if my voice could do that
0: anymore. <laughs> um, number two, so, num- the number two selling album of the year, Britney Spears' "Baby One More Time." Of course. Number three, Shania's "Come On Over." Number four, and "Sinks and NSYNC. Sink." Number five, Ricky Martin's "Ricky Martin." Number six, Christina <sighs> Aguilera's Chris- debut, "Christina Aguilera." Ugh. Number seven, Santana's "Supernatural." Number eight, TLC's "Fan Mail." And then number nine and ten are the ones that we could do without: Kid Rock and Eminem. Bye.
1: I mean, that that was 1999, right there. Yeah. That fucking list. Like that was, that would everything that we just said. Yeah. That is amazing.
0: Yeah. I want to like close this out, round it out by sort of talking about how we are referencing and influenced by 1999 now. Yes. Because we are, I mean, we talked, I I opened this, this segment with the the referencing the Charlie X, X, 1999 song. Mm -hmm. But beyond that, I mean, like if you want to find an artist who is so referential of that, retro future sound charlie is like one of them oh she
1: is obsessed like she it's it's almost as if she was so inspired by music from that era that she wants to kind of do an ode to that and yeah. like relive as if she was part of that era and i think that's that's something to be said about a lot of new pop artists now you know you really think back to like maybe for us we, we think about like we, we we lived through it but then you have artists that were younger then, and you, you someone like Britney Spears who really became like this inspiration, right. Yeah. Just as this bubblegum pop like artist for all these other singer- singers, nowadays. And then, you know, you have people like, like obviously Mariah Carey's career has influenced a lot of singers and, you know, of course Whitney, but, but it was a pin, it was a really unique time where that kind of bubblegum pop mixed with like this, like excitement for the 2000 is, is now being referenced by, by, Artists that were kids at yeah. the time. Um, I think it's fascinating.
0: I think about the um, another girl who is so referential of it is Slater. Oh yeah, it's just
1: <laughs> she's like she. Lo- that's her whole look.
0: Yeah, I think that if you, I think a lot of Kim Petrus's sound yep. is very, very that all um, inspired by that. Yeah, I think that I think to a degree, Troye Sivan is a little bit. Yeah, I'd um, say I'd say so. Yeah, I th- it's it's. You know, I think that every generation goes has their like their resurgence. Like I think when we were in high school the eighties was like the thing. I was just gonna say what everyone was was referencing the eighties was like what fashion was, you know, referencing It was like the time when everyone was like the clubs you went to were 80s music, like that was like the night you would go to 80s. I don't think you could find an 80s night now. Be like a 90s night. They're all 90s, and we're 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 quickly venturing into the early 2000s. We're sort of leaving the 90s behind. But so, but 99 is like that year where the 2000s I really think began. I think that 99 is what dictated like the next decade. Yep. And it's it's as those years were so formative for us, it is just been like so fun. To live in this nostalgia that pop culture is letting us bathe in basically there's like, it's just everywhere
1: there's so much music from that year that i could still like get down with whenever Yeah. yes i
0: mean looking through the list of like the top 100 songs of 1999 if you all of them i would let play <laughs> right. all of them like it's the, I, there would be the rare one that i would skip and there's are songs to me that like I mean, I'm sure some of them would sound dated, but a lot of them, like, when I think of, like, Save Tonight, that song doesn't sound dated to me, mm-hmm. like, when I hear it. When I think of, I don't know, but there's just, it's <laughs> just, it was just such a, an interesting, uh, just a really fucking it was an ex- It was an exciting music. time
1: for music, and, oh, yeah, we're we're getting nostalgic. Yeah.
0: Um, what? Okay. Before we say goodbye, before we close this out, what would be, like, your, if you had to pick, I'm not going to say three, but if you had to pick two. Okay. If you had to pick two songs Ooh. that would be like your be all end all from this year.
1: Oh God. Uh, it's funny. Cause there's the songs that I would say now and the songs that I listened to more often back then. Pick one from then and pick one from now. Okay. Um, I'm going to say, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to mix it up. I'm okay. going <laughs> to say one that I never get tired of now is no doubts new.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, that was on the go soundtrack. Um, But the other one for me that was, that is, is uh, Britney's You Drive Me Crazy. Mm -hmm. And and those are, those are like some more off kilter ones, but like that was, that's so 1999. Yeah. Actually, wait, fuck. And Jennifer Lopez Waiting for Tonight.
0: Yes. Okay. (laughs) That's my like both then and now. Yes. That's my then and now. Yes. Sure. Yeah. I, I also, we didn't talk about this one, but it was like released as a single in 99. Praise You, I think, by Fatboy Slim is like, a song that I have come to love more now than I did then.
1: Yeah, it was that was another one, like a time when there was that song was huge. I see you baby, Groove Armada. I see you baby. Uh huh. All of that shit was like that. It was everywhere. Yeah. It was such a time. Such a great time. <laughs> we're just like gonna trail into like looking at we're just gonna I know. <laughs> I know. Let's just watch videos and All right. reminisce.
0: We have talked about nineteen ninety nine quite enough. So we're gonna say goodbye for now. And we will be back next week. We promise. We will be back. We promise next week. And,
1: it, and it'll be it'll be uh, maybe more current. Maybe <laughs> if you're lucky. <laughs> Bye. Bye.